the app which gives patients control over the storing and sharing of their healthcare data, the glamping pod business which is offering a profit share to landowners across the country, and a tech company which is enabling businesses to measure the effectiveness of their marketing spend across all online channels. Good morning, I'm Carl Fitzpatrick and welcome to Business Matters. Well, healthcare data contains all of our most intimate details, but how can we store and share this data in a way which both simplifies and enhances engagement with healthcare practitioners? Well, my first guest, Richard Egan from Kushla, has the answer. Richard, we'll be discussing your business, Kushla, but first, I'd like to discuss your career to date and, in particular, your time with VHI. Yeah, you, you probably picked the accent isn't too too local to Dublin anyway. I'm originally from Leeds, but I moved to Ireland in 1997. Uh, there wasn't too many, uh, many Egans back in Leeds. Uh, we were only on loan for a few generations, so it's good <laughs> to be back. But, yeah, I, when I moved over first, I, I, I started with Citibank. I was there for 17 years and then uh, predominantly in the kind of transaction space and liquidity and investment operations, and that's where kind of got a, a sense of the open banking and, and things that have led to Kushler. I joined VHI in seven years ago and it was kind of heading up the change delivery function, which was part of IT uh, and was there. It was good. It was there for, there for a while. And I suppose around the time that I joined VHI, I also uh, was invited to join the board of the Faculty of Sport and Exercise Medicine, which is part of the Royal College of Surgeons and Royal College of Physicians. So uh, two very different lenses within VHI. It was very much the you know the insurance business and a company that was trying to move into uh, much more the provision of healthcare and the extension of the swift care services, which which are doing really well at the moment. Uh, and then on the other side with the faculty, it was it was a voluntary role there as a lay member, and that that was really where the uh, the, the kind of the, the genesis of Kushla really kicked in. So, what is Kushla, and what services do you provide? Kushla is a product that just really improves the dialogue between patient and practitioner. Uh, and, and if I explain that, at the moment, uh, there's lots of talk about, and, and the HICWA report, I, I think, has, has triggered a lot of conversation in the last week or so. Access to data is really, really important. And at the moment, very few people have access to a lot of data. It, it sits within the, the facility. So it could be in the GP practice system, it could be in the hospital system, and, and so on. And bringing that data to, to the practitioners that are treating you in different facilities is really, really important. Uh, but having the data isn't, isn't the real problem. And we've seen a lot of this out of the US, particularly where they've brought in the legislation over the last couple of years to make data available. And the unintended consequence of that is that those practitioners are now getting really thick uh, printout bundles of, of every consultation note from every uh, facility that you've attended. And it's just too much. And the, the practitioners are spending twice as long reading the, the data as they are being able to interpret the information. And, and they're getting very stressed and, and burnt out as a result of that. And what we're trying to do with Kusher is, is just improve the, the uh, dialogue between you and your practitioners. If we can bring that summary of your history together, both your medical history, some of your personal information, but, but importantly, your lifestyle and your activity information, and we can present that in a nice and easy to consume way, it means that the bulk of your interaction with your uh, consultant or your practitioner, whoever it is, is about treatment and recovery, not about fact-finding and data capture. So how does Kushla achieve that? So with a couple of things, and I alluded to there the different frameworks in different countries. So uh, if you take where, where we think this is going and, and where a lot of the evidence today is, is showing us that the market is going, it's about similar to the way that banking moved in, in you know, over the last five or so years. Uh, if, if you walk into any consultation, whether that's a GP, a hospital, a physiotherapist, opticians, whatever, uh, you'll get a copy of that 
uh, treatment somewhere in there as you're leaving. Uh, and it'll pop up like Revolut tells you, you've just spent some money in the cinema. You'll get a pop-up to say uh, a record has been shared with you into Kushler. Uh, so we've a couple of ways to do that. Uh, the, f- the first is where the, uh, the system that we're receiving the information from is, is, is a full, uh, uh, fully modern API technology. And by that, I mean you can get information directly from the source system into Kushler without the, the, the human having to do anything. Uh, and that's that's the model that's in the US there. So that means within a, a few seconds of the end of the appointment, uh, we look for a treatment note linked to you as a patient with your particular patient ID. Uh, and there's a there's an authorization piece there between you and your and your healthcare team, similar to you having a password for your uh, online banking. Uh, that recognises a, a, a consultation has happened, and it sends that information in. And that could be treatment notes, it could be scan results, blood test results, whatever. Uh, in the interim, though, we, uh, and again, that, that's down the road, uh, we, we've only one system that uh, works that way in Ireland at the moment. Uh, we have other systems that have their own way of exchanging information digitally, and we can capture that as well, and we have a couple of systems in that space. Um, and then we've got uh, machine-readable documents that you, re- that you receive via email. So that traditionally, people go into a GP, and if they're moving from Dublin to Kerry, they might ask for the records to, to move. You'll receive that via a, a PDF on email, and we can uh, upload that straight into the app, into Kushler. We pass that into the different consultations and share that. Uh, and then finally, we have the kind of old-fashioned take a picture on your phone and save it, and you, you tag what kind of treatment note it is. And from a research perspective, how has this solution been received by healthcare professionals? Yeah, it's been really positive. I think uh, it's easy to sometimes think that your healthcare teams see this as a, a just more pain on top of their existing day. And I think that, that was one of the points that came out, uh, again, through some of the more recent reports, is a fear that uh, digital data and, and, and the, the prevalence of information being uh, made available to you just burns more time and, and I think what we're trying to do is show that it's the other way around so if you, if you take the couple of pilots that we did uh, and, and we alluded to some earlier on there we, we've got the ability to make the appointments and a lot of people are now going to online appointment booking but we're also doing the triage questionnaire there so rather than wait until you get in front of the uh, doctor or the consultant or the physio to tell them why you're there and what's happened uh, you can share that information in advance. You know, it takes a couple of seconds for the person to read it, but you can spend the time explaining the reasons behind your visit. Uh, and it means that the treatment notes then get shared back very, very quickly because everybody pretty much does treatment notes into a into a, an electronic system. You know, GPs, consultants, physios, they all use electronic platforms. So they might take the note on paper, but then uh, transfer it into an electronic record anyway. So we're saving time both in the appointment, fielding calls, uh, time being wasted, waiting on a call or waiting for a response, picking times that suit you as opposed to being given a slot and then having to change your day around. So uh, the feedback has been uh, has been largely positive, which is great, and, and just looking forward to that carrying on and these pilots uh, moving into uh, to, to full rollout. And of course, before we discuss the pilot that you're currently undertaking, I'd like to speak to you about the operational element of this business, specifically in relation to the integration of your system with that of, let's say, a hospital or a a private clinic's system. Are you finding that their systems have APIs and are open to integration? Some do and some some don't, I think it's fair to say. And again, I mentioned that in the US, the, the 
the regulation is very uh, strict there. You must exchange information via a particular format within a certain time frame. Uh, and that took a few years to get to, but it, it's now absolutely mandatory. Uh, in Ireland and, and, and across Europe, that, that isn't as mature yet. And again, the HICWA report called out this digital decade to, to make that available by 2030 for all uh, EU citizens. And I think that's, you know, it's achievable. It's going to be tough, but it's achievable. But um, yeah, I mean, the basic framework of, of a message is exactly the same where, where you go. So if you go into hospital, there's an admission message, there's a, a transfer message, there's a discharge message, and they're generally produced in the same way. Uh, and, and they're made available between the system that's used in accident and emergency into the overall hospital's patient management system. Uh, so th those formats exist, and that's similar to the way uh, open banking went and swift messages and so on. Uh, that structure will be rolled out and it will be just transferred in, in, a, in a more modern architecture. So th the integrations are there. Uh, all hospitals will, will have the ability to move across, uh, but there is effort involved there. And I think that the, the key thing is in the past is an assumption that you integrate from all hospitals to all hospitals and all healthcare facilities. Uh, and what we're trying to do is say, well, that, that framework isn't necessary. The messaging is what needs to go to the patient and be made available then to the other facilities. And that's really where Cushla sits as, uh, as a place to, to centralise the information for you, but for also for you to share it under your consent uh, to whichever healthcare facility you're going to next. The Cushla app is currently being piloted in St. Michael's Hospital in Dunleary in Dublin. But what does the pilot entail and what type of feedback have you received to date? Yeah, we have a few pilots going on, and uh, the one that you referred to there with St Michael's is, is, is part of the HSE and Department of Health's Health Innovation Hub Island Award, so we were, we were really grateful to be uh, selected as one of the winners for 2022 for that. So what we've proved there is that within the outpatient physiotherapy unit that they can receive the uh, appointment online, that they can do the triage online, receive the treatment notes back and receive any exercises. Uh, and what we're proposing to do there is extend that beyond uh, the, a and, uh, the outpatient physiotherapy into the A&E unit as well. So a lot of referrals into outpatient physiotherapy start in, in the uh, emergency department. Uh, so we're looking at the admission message into A&E, the discharge message from A&E into the physio, and then that existing route for physio as well. And we, we've a similar. We've done a couple of pilots with other uh, physiotherapists outside of the HSE system, just to prove that it works the same way in, in a private setting. Uh, and we've done pelvic health physiotherapy as well, again in a, in a in a private setting. So just proving that the same flow works. And of course, while access to healthcare information and control over who has access to this information is shared with has become extremely important, data security is also of utmost importance to people. So how does the app ensure that an individual's medical information, that sensitive information, is not compromised? It's the hub of everything, really, in this space. People are worried about uh, their personal information being lost, and there's nothing more sensitive than your, than your health information. Um, and w when we started to build the product, the first thing we did was uh, we, we brought in people from uh, Microsoft and our own guy, uh, co-founder, who's a, 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 an information security officer. Uh, and we designed everything from the premise of data sharing, which is, is, is enshrined in GDPR for the EU, but uh, HIPAA in, 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 in the US and other equivalents around the world. So the concept of uh, privacy by design and data security and all the encryption layers that we have are all there. And, and the great thing about Microsoft, I've worked with them a lot over the years, uh, they've got an entire framework around uh, health data. They, they obviously provide the platform for a significant number of the, of the health 
uh, facilities, HSE, NHS and so on, um, they're fully compliant with all of those requirements and, and we're sitting on top of that. We're using their services. So we host everything within Microsoft Azure. We've got all of the HIPAA compliant security services around the product and, and we're continually testing it as we're designing it and, and making sure that we meet all of the criteria around encryption. Uh, but, I mean, that, that makes it a very technical answer. But the reality is you have to trust the product. Uh, and, you know, the, there, there, are, there are many places where people need to just get comfortable around health data being stored in, in a central solution. And, and that's where Kushler sits. We're, we're keeping this information for you. Uh, we're not taking this data off and selling it and, and, and using it. And I think people uh, have a right to be scared about those type of uh, processes. And we've seen those with, with other uh, things in the press recently. What we're doing is keeping everything uh, for you. Uh, the only time that you can see the information in there is when you've put your biometrics or fingerprint or whatever there. Uh, the rest of the time, the application, is it, all of that information is encrypted and it's split from your identity as well. So... Um, uh, you need to put your fingerprint in to bring, or your face recognition or whatever, to bring that information together so it becomes identifiable to you. You're currently in the process of raising €3 million Euros of funding. Talk to us about the source of these funds and how this investment will be used to grow the business. Yeah, we, we kicked that off probably when we were starting to look at this around a year ago. We started to raise just enough to, to, to let us start and, and that got us to, to where we are today. Uh, and we've we've gone back to that same pool. So uh, largely it's uh, individual investors. It's it's all private equity as well in, in, in this round. So uh, uh, people that have been involved in medtech startups before, we've, we've reached out to a network. We've been fortunate to get a great partner involved who's, who's introduced us to a great network there. And uh, that's brought in people who have a good familiarity with health tech and medtech. Uh, and they've put in uh, a, you know significant investment there. Uh, and we've also got the EIS this time around as well. And finally, Richard, what are your long-term growth plans for the business? There's significant opportunity for us both in Ireland but also internationally as well. We've a business development arrangement uh, and doing a little bit of work with Enterprise Ireland both in the US and in Asia uh, to help with that regard as well. So uh, I think for now, we, again, we have to be realistic today is uh, challenges getting up and running and getting the pilots signed off. We've kind of got three-month windows to prove the point. Uh, both here with the HSE and, and in the UK with the, with the NHS. Uh, and then it's a case of trying to make sure that what we've developed there, there is scalable outside. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Richard Egan from Kushla, and we look forward to this becoming a mainstream business over the months ahead once it exits the pilot stage. After the break, David Maxwell from Further Space reveals how it is partnering with landowners on a profit share basis to grow its glamping business. So do stay tuned for that. 